welcome. You've got mail. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of TechStream. I'm Seth Everett, he is Shelly Palmer, and we are getting our education hats on. We are getting ready for back to school. Some of our listening audience is already back in school, and we are getting the kids back. My kids came back from camp. Uh, my house is totally has a different vibe now. It's like it's alive again. And immediately, I will tell you, Shelly Palmer, my kids got their phones back seven weeks and they immediately went to TikTok. Uh huh. Tell me something. I tell me something that will surprise me, Seth. What, said, what surprising? I said, to, I said to my kid, I said, what, "What did you see on TikTok?" She said, "I caught up on everybody's summer." Mm-hmm. <laughs> TikTok, the most addictive social media, social selling platform, I guess, in the universe. Yeah. So there was a, a wonderful survey that came out from our friends at the Pew Research Center. And it's called, for those of you who like to go to a Pew Research Center and find research, Teens, Social Media and Technology 2022. It was um, posted on August 10th, 2022. So it's pretty recent. And it is the top of the food chain, TikTok. There's no there's in January of 22, it became the most visited website over Google. Think about that for a minute. That's More people wild. are on TikTok than on Google on a given day. That is a that is a, a mind bending statistic when you think about it. Because you go to Google when you need something, and a lot of people need things during the day. You know, I got to find a carton of milk. I got to find a guy to fix the brakes in my car. I got to find someone to. Right. But if you're looking for things you already know, you don't need to Google. Well, you do if you're trying Unless to. Unless find... you have Gmail or Gchat or something like that. No, but there's. Yeah. You got, if you're looking for stuff, look, search is big. Um, we're not talking about the other Google products. We're talking about Google, 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 the, the search engine. Well, let me ask is... you this. If you wanted to find out the score, of the Yankees Red Sox game, would you Google it? Would yes. you go to ESPN? Would you go to MLB? I Google it because the first thing up there is as soon as I type in that the, the two teams, they're going to give me the very, you know, the just exactly the little distilled bit of info I need and nothing more. You do that with stock tickers. You do that with, I mean, the number of things that Google delivers to you immediately. By the way, including if you wanted to do like use Google as a calculator, you know, you can type any equation you want into the Google search bar is going to give you the answer. Yeah. Yep. And it doesn't even matter. And it'll do the conversions too. You want to go from meters to miles to feet to centimeters to I mean, like, it doesn't totally. care. It'll just do all that stuff. So, I mean, it's a, like one of the most useful things in the world and TikTok is more popular. So that's crazy. But this particular survey, the teen survey, which has, uh, I think the last time they did it was about eight years ago. Um, this survey is wonderful. The teen social media and technology 2022, but it, it's telling a story I think is that's not surprising when you hear it, but if you sit back and think about it, it's disturbing for what it says about eight years from now. So let's just take some stats that will it by themselves mean nothing at all. These are 13 to 17 year olds. So, you know, teens, right? Uh, and it's North American. So these are North American teens aged 13 to 17. So it's not an international survey in any way. The TikTok was the far and away the rocker, right? But then when you get into this, you you learn something a little bit more interesting. Ninety five percent of teens are on YouTube every day. Jeez, 
and 67% are on Instagram or Snapchat. And these, of course, are estimates, but they're, they're within statistical, you know, error margins. Facebook, unsurprisingly, only around 32% of teens use Facebook. And then everything else is smaller. Twitter, Twitch, WhatsApp, Reddit, Tumblr, and they fall off precipitously after you, you know, when you're done with TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook, and Facebook is a distant third behind TikTok and YouTube. Let me say I, that again slower. Facebook is, is a, a distant, distant third. Distant third behind YouTube and uh, TikTok, or TikTok and YouTube. And what I find interesting about that is what that says about video creation, the creativity of the the, the video creativity of, of teens now and what they're interested. So people who are creating for teens and teens who are creating, like teen-focused video. America has always been a culture that worshipped youth and ascribed to be young. And if you needed uh, or yearned to be young, if, if from the Pepsi generation to the present, and I'm going back a long time, wow. like, like 45 Alfonso years. Ribeiro, the Pepsi generation. Years, yeah, 50 years ago, Pepsi advertising, half a century ago, where uh, they invented different ways to do quick cut video. Someone would throw a football, somebody would catch a Frisbee, and you'd complete both things in your mind. And no one had ever even made a piece of film like that and you're seeing this this vibrant interesting you know young culture of pepsi drinkers as opposed to those old fuddy-duddies who drink coke right and that was i mean they were really trying to differentiate that product back in the day and that generation i won't call it the pepsi generation because that's just marketing uh, speak for pepsi but the the group of kids that grew up 50 years ago that were teenagers 50 years ago that are all baby boomers this group was catered to for their youth and we have never turned back only in the very very recent past we're talking maybe the last 60 months including the during the pandemic have we started to see other than a very few brands real human beings represented as they are uh, in in any kind of advertising if you go back previous to five years ago you are the ninety plus percent of the advertising is, is is skewing younger. Even if you're trying to sell something to some to somebody who's over the age of sixty five, you're still going to be showing them forty somethings running around the screen. You want to sell something to a forty something, you're showing them twenty thirty year olds running around, right? You want to sell something to a twenty something year old, you're showing them teenagers running around. And then it's funny because the 13 year olds all want to be older and the 17 year olds all want to be older, right? They're all trying to be young adults. So they have some rights and privileges. Sure. The only thing a 13 and a 17 year old teenager share from a desire perspective, or the only thing that they would even consider to be in the same bucket for is like shoes, <laughs> or some kind of apparel. They, right. 13 year olds don't have driver's licenses. They aspire to cars. The 17 year olds could already have their license. They, you know, 13 year olds are not necessarily sexually active, although they're very super curious. 17 year olds almost always like they're so different in those formative years. Of course. It's hard to to bucket teens. Like it's always been demographically hard to bucket teens because you you come into this as an adolescent and you leave it as a young adult. And so it's a it's a very, very fickle, interesting demo. So let's look at the most important takeaway from, from this particular uh, research project. And it is unsurprising, but I think really meaningful. Uh, when you think about what the Pew guys have looked at, 
Social media usage by teenagers, 13, 17, has doubled. So 46% of teens say, almost half of them say they are constantly or almost constantly online. That's up from about 24% eight years ago. But think about that for a second. Online, that, almost that's, constantly. That's consistent with our previous podcast. It sure is. It, it shows you that, you know, the parents can't take this stuff away. Well, more than 54% said that it would be difficult or impossible for them to give up social media. And the older respondents, 15 to 17, just it was a higher number than that. So this study is, is telling us, I think it's just confirming what we already know. We are dealing with social media addicted children, addicted, mm-hmm. who, who admit freely they, they couldn't put their phones down. And half of the kids in America... Half the kids who can have cell phones, because I don't know how many kids before the age of 13 get smartphones. I guess a lot do, but but they weren't researched here because they, they didn't. But the, oh, my goodness, this is like this is what they do. So all the misinformation, all the bullying, all of the biases, all well, the hold on, you're, but you're saying two things, misinformation and bullying. The yeah. bullying we've talked about at length on this podcast, yeah, but yeah. misinformation. Do you think that political parties see this data and say, wait a second, our message has to be sent to these kids regardless of what that message is. So for example, you know, in the old days, it was, you know, one political party would just call the other party uh, a bunch of liars, right? They would Mm -hmm. say, they're a bunch of liars. Right. You know, I'm I'm keeping it very generic and very- I got you, intentionally. Okay, so now can a candidate take advantage of TikTok and tell- 17 now 18 19 20 year olds the other party is evil the other party is is bad the other party is wrong and you have to vote to save our life okay so let's break that down first of all the direct messaging is not the issue correct um uh, that has been going on forever we indoctrinate all of our children into our belief systems and it's not that we're all guilty of it. It's what we we do. Nobody's born anything. You are taught to be what you are. You are taught to believe by your caregivers what you believe. You you. There are certain things you're going to learn because they're invariant. Uh, you touch a pot that's hot, you're going to get burned. It doesn't matter whether you believe in that or not. The the reality is that if you touch a hot pot and it's above a certain temperature, you're going to be sad you did it. And nothing you believe is going to change that. So everything that isn't in that category of scientific method, prove you, know, you drop a, an egg from five feet in the air, it uh, you hold out your arm and drop it. It's going on a hard surface. It's going to break. You can believe it's not going to happen. There's there's a non-zero chance that it, it, might, it won't happen, but it's so diminutively small 99 points, some number of nines of the time, when you drop an egg from that distance, it's going to break. From from half that distance, it's going to break. You don't need to believe it. It's just true. So let's take that stuff out for a minute. When I say weaponized information against teens, and when I talk about um, misinformation, when when things go viral, Seth, when they're amplified, they become super powerful, right? Any person anywhere on the earth has the power at any time to pick up a smartphone and create a meme or create a message that has a chance 
to be seen by a billion people. It, it, they don't all always do that. In fact, there are very few that do. But it's not like if you did it, you're saying, oh, this is just for me and my friends. Whatever you write has the has the a real chance of being amplified to to a billion person status. How does that happen? So a a teenager who does not have complete information or who is not thinking super deeply about what they are doing, they're just following the crowd and doing the thing that their their friends are doing become unwitting accomplices to the propagation of misinformation the narrative sounds right there's no empirical data that they have to refute it it feels intuitively good it's an explanation for something they have observed and they repost retweet re whatever somehow and they editorialize because the just the act of of retweeting, reposting, re, you know, somehow sharing or forwarding, depending on what platform you're on, puts your editorial stamp on it, your, your editorial stamp of approval. You don't even have to make a comment. Oh, right. Seth, Seth retweeted this. I'll retweet it because it's like Seth did it and Seth and I think alike. Yep. That's the reality. So, to us all the time. So with with 55% of teens saying they spend about the right amount of time online. And only a third saying, yeah, I probably spend too much time and just 8% thinking they spend too little time. This is where they are. Do they spend as much time sorting through information from their friends as they should? So properly written to weaponize information, properly written to a teenage mind who is part of a crowd, who's trying to fit in, who wants to be part of a, like, like all of us at, at some point want to be um, unique and different, just like the rest of our friends. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's that paradoxical, bizarre statement. This survey confirms every ounce of everybody's fear. You're going to see propagation because the, the traditional media can't match this kind of scale. And it certainly can't match the editorial capability. Right. If Lester Holt says something, I don't think it's Lester Holt talking. Do you? You know, in, on NBC Nightly News when, you know, with Lester Holt. I mean, no, no. When, when, when he's right. He's, he's, he's a newsreader. Right, he's a newsreader. Okay, but when you say something about the Jets or the Giants, I take that as expert because you are a sportscaster and you know this stuff and you live there. So if you tweet something about the Giants and I've been I'm thinking it, but I don't really know one way or the other, and you tweet about a player on the Giants being traded yeah, or whatever, yeah. I'm gonna go, Oh, Seth said it must be right. You have far more credibility in my world than any sportscaster. Any newsreader, not any. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Newsreader, I, right. straight up newsreader. So a traditional uh, network that has a fungible person reading sports, with the exception of Bruce Beck, who I know personally and know to be an unbelievable expert in sports. So, and I know that he's not reading; he's making it up as he goes. He's talking from his heart with an outline. I know how he works. He's like an encyclopedic. Costas, Bob Costas, same way. Yeah, Just knew everything. Gotta, there was. He's got to stop saying trifecta. Yeah, for real. But at the end of the day, these guys are true, true lovers of sports. And I know that they are. But the average reader of sports, you are far more expert in my world. And I, because you're in my circle, well, every single teen, 50% of them saying they spend just about the right amount of time, 46% of them being on all day long. What does that say for the regular media business? What does that say for, what does that say for how information is going to get propagated around the universe? It basically says that with no question, the script has flipped. And we are in a world now where 
I project out eight years for the next one of these uh, social media surveys or teen surveys, I'm going to live in a world where the power literally sits there. And I could argue pretty convincingly right now, the power already sits there. And I don't think any advertiser I work with understands this as deeply as they should. And well, that was where my head was going is, yeah. is the advertiser and the parent. And the parents, I know they feel the effects, but I don't know if the root cause is fixable based on what you read in this. I, I would implore people. It's like, this is not a long read. This survey is, it's a lot of numbers, but they do a nice job. The, the people at Pew Research will we'll have, uh, we'll pin the URL to uh, at TechStream, our Twitter account. So you can use social media to, to propagate their teen social media and technology 2022 survey from the Pew Research Center. We're, we're not affiliated with it in any way. I'm not shilling for the Pew Research Center. I just happen to like- No, we just like them. I just I just like this survey. Eight years ago, uh, the survey was eye-opening to my clients because people didn't really think that way. You, the, prior to, well, eight years right. is like- The naivete another... of people not realizing the power of these things. That's, that's the point of this episode. By, by the way, back in the day, eight years ago, and that doesn't seem like a long time in actual, you know, it's, in, it's one dog year, basically. <laughs> um, you know, one dog year ago, to to market to teens meant meant to buy some spots on MTV, right? And if you try that now, you will be woefully underserving. Well, and not target. to go back to politics though, but do you remember Bill Clinton? A lot of people think he won because he went on Arsenio Hall. Yes, yeah, that, those he was a saxophone are... on Arsenio Hall, and people thought it was that's what tipped the scales. Because I, I, young people yeah. watch that. Yeah, I I watched that. He's only a marginal sax player, but he had the balls to get up and play a little bit of saxophone. And I thought that was amazing. I thought I, I actually endeared him to me in ways I didn't think it would. It was a pretty smart political move. It was a very smart political move. Right. But, but it wouldn't that, work today. There's nobody popular enough to make that happen. I mean, the biggest of the TikTok no, influencers or the YouTube influencers couldn't move the whole needle that way. No, the but, toxicity is, is, too, is too much. But they have a way better chance of getting that done than traditional media does like there is no arsenio hall to go on and while one tiktoker couldn't make this happen or one youtuber couldn't make this happen the right content put into that context would yield audiences tv could never ever yield and that's to. what fascinates me about lizzo yeah. what she can do with 10 seconds of audio she can turn that into a something viral and Billboard is no longer the 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 measuring stick no, no, for her success. No, no, her success is rampant because people are addicted to what she's putting out there. It, it's 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 fascinating. Uh, yeah, you want the last word? No, I, there there is no last word on this. The most important, the most important thing coming from this is strategies need to be developed. If you're in business, you need to take this as seriously as anything you've ever taken with respect to making every marketing dollar work and understanding what that is. Some people will talk to you about authenticity. Others won't. Twitch, which is not really a relevant platform unless you're a video gamer, is talking about generation Twitch. And they're trying to tell you that the Gen Zers are, are more into culture than curation. And I don't know if that's just the guys at Twitch trying to give themselves a leg up. Here's a quote from Adam Harris. He's their, their brand guy. I'm quoting now. 
we're moving away from individualized social amplification that social media provides to more community-led, connected, decentralized experiences born in gaming environments, but now broadening across content and culture, unquote. That's a lot of techno jargon, business jargony silliness. But the, the what that sentence I think means is that a good old-fashioned social media post from a single source that goes viral seems to be waning uh, and and w the stuff that seems to be gaining traction is this idea of a ground up decentralized experience from their video game streaming culture i would argue that that on its face is nonsense because on twitch if you're an amazing gamer the community that builds around you is a community of passion around uh, they're your fans they are people who just like the way you do your thing and then they get into one another and e each of those people has social media power and amplification goes the same way so i just think that's a lot of nonsense what the pew research study says is social media specifically the network effect in its classic terms, the network effect, meaning I told two friends and they told two friends and so on and so on and so on. You have right. this exponential increased right. virality. That is is content, contact, and context are the three key elements to drive to drive your any messaging. So for business, that's a profound thing. For people though, for parents, it's also profound. I've got my kids now admitting with and 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 now being codified or or quantified rather uh this is what they do where if you're thinking about the metaverse going forward are they going to you know seamlessly go from digital to physical if those bridges get built technologically the answer is absolutely they're there now so the 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 if you build technology bridges between that that world and either virtual worlds or augmented reality worlds as i bring ways haptics together as i bring graphics together as i bring this stuff in sure it's so clear from this that it's like if you build a seamless bridge it's going to happen i i think parents have a hard job now i don't know you can fight this is i guess the other lesson from this right it's like it's one thing if it's a small percentage of teens and there's not going to be peer pressure to be in this with more than half the kids saying they could not put down their phones seth you're a parent. You've got young teens. Like there, you have, you've said this a million times. You said, I don't know how I could take I this away or limit it. Okay. So now we know for a fact with quantitative evidence that's statistically significant and inside the margin of error and academically rigorous to, we have an argument to back up our thesis. It's not possible. We need a new strategy. Although, and I think that's what I took parents, away from it. Uh, you know, and I, I'm not in the moment to give parental advice, if you need to punish your kids, boy, that's an easy way to t to punish them. <laughs> give me your phone. Forget go to your room. Give me your phone. Give me your phone. <laughs> go wherever you want, but give me your phone. <laughs> At least there are still podcasts. We'll see you next week for another edition of Tech Stream. See you then.